Hello everybody, my name is Nkozi and welcome to the Two Sides of a Coin podcast. This week we're going to be talking about two movies that just came out. The first one is the latest movie in the DC Cinematic Universe in Blue Beetle. The next one is going to be the R-rated all-dog comedy of Strays that just came out with Will Ferrell voicing one of the dogs. So let's jump into it. The character of Blue Beetle is a not so well-known character, but it's been around for a very long time. It's almost 100 years old. It first came out in 1939, and it's had multiple iterations. Mostly, Blue Beetle has been this C to D-list character that has just kind of been around the DC Universe. It's not particularly important nor is Blue Beetle a particularly beloved character. At least that was the case until 2006, when the latest Blue Beetle came out, who was Jaime Reyes. Now, that version of the Blue Beetle became very, very popular, because that version was the Mexican-American superhero who gained his powers through an alien device called the Scarab. And the Scarab gave him incredible suit and weaponry to use with that suit so that way he could go out and be an actual superhero. That is the version of Blue Beetle that most people are actually going to know. And it's the version that this story is based off of. So let's really dive into whether Blue Beetle takes off or whether it just falls flat, honestly. So one of the things you first see about Blue Beetle is they kind of give you what I like in the first part. They give you a little sizzle reel where if you are not up to date on what exactly Blue Beetle is about, they give you kind of a short little two to three minute teaser slash rundown of exactly what you're getting into in regards to this movie. You know people are searching for an alien device. You know that certain people have had the device beforehand. And if you are a fan of Blue Beetle, if you're a fan of the history of Blue Beetle, it's going to give you a whole lot of Easter eggs and things that you would know from reading the comic books. If you are not a fan of it, then it just gives you some decent backstory in that the Blue Beetle was this character and people know about the Blue Beetle and the Scarab, but it's not truly important to the story as a whole. I just thought that it was a really nice little way to intro the movie, especially for this very new character that honestly the greater world isn't going to know even though comic book fans will know it very well second thing i liked about this movie is that we run into as jaime reyes uh zolo marijuana uh i might be butchering that and i really do apologize if i am but i like his character i've liked him because i've seen him in a couple of things of course he's one of the main leads in the show Cobra Kai he has been in another show called Parenthood I'm not sure if people know that but 
he's actually a pretty good actor. I like his uh, portrayal of Jaime, where he is this guy who both as a Latino person, he has experienced the hardships of growing up as a Latino in America. Also, he has this version of optimism while it is tempered a little bit by his situation he seems like the guy who always is looking for the bright side of things he's always thinking hey i can make it in this situation and it doesn't seem like he's ever bogged down or ever beaten down by life for very long and I really do like that portrayal of him because it's refreshing to get that kind of character in the DC cinematic universe, especially when we have so many characters that are dour or were originally much more hopeful and they came off as a little bit less hopeful. So I really do appreciate that we are getting a character who from the start is way more hopeful and just fun than others it's the same thing we got with shazam where shazam was a very honest and hopeful figure we get that same thing with jaime only instead of it being hopeful and naive it's hopeful tinged with also just knowledge of his situation and the way the world works so I, I do like that in regards to this movie. Second thing I also liked is the family as a whole. The family really did feel like these were a group of people who loved each other and actually cared about each other. From his grandmother to his dad to his sister to even his uncle. You know, who, of course, is played by George Lopez. And I'll get to George Lopez in a second. But I will say I did appreciate that this family felt like family. This felt like a group of people that actually did genuinely care about each other. And while they were presented with some tough situations in the movie, I liked how at certain points it was, hey... <clears throat> When things are really getting rough, this is not the time to break down. I There was one particular moment that I will share, and this happened towards the third act where they're about to do a big action set piece, and the grandmother is just like, listen, now's not the time to cry. We cry later. Let's figure stuff out. And I I really appreciate that because I've been in those situations where... You will want to really grieve and you're just saying, listen, I can't grieve right now. I have to take care of business and then we grieve later. And I like that they actually do grieve later. So I, I really felt like this entire family really with the grandmother being the standout. The grandmother has some moments in this movie and it's uh, Adriana Barraza. And she has some moments in this movie that honestly were some of the biggest pops that I heard in the theater. 
because especially in the third act she has a moment or two where everybody in the theater was rooting for grandma and i think you're gonna know the grandma just as you are gonna know with jaime you're gonna know them both equally and interchangeably in regards to this movie another one that i really liked about this movie was the cgi was actually pretty decent i'm not sure how much of the cgi was in regards to the costume design it felt really honest and very accurate to the comic books so i really got to give big props to when they were doing the cgi it didn't feel choppy or cheap it felt well done also the actual suit design did not look nearly as crazy as it could have looked this is really just a positive overall because what can happen especially with movies that have crazy set designs and full body costumes that in the real world would not work with this movie they have done the really hard work of putting together a costume that looks great both at rest and also in motion so when you see him sitting or standing in the costume it looks like it is a decent costume when he's in motion the cgi takes hold and it still looks like it's a good costume so i gotta give huge props to the effects department and to the costume designers they really did a great job especially with jaime's suit with Zolo's shoot. Now, I did have some problems with this movie. The story was fine. The acting overall is solid, I thought. Uh, Susan Sarandon, who plays the main villain in this movie, I thought she was very good as a villain. She definitely was the kind of person where, yep, she was money hungry she was greedy and it really did feel like i understand her motivations as well as how callous and cold-hearted she is so i gotta give big props to that there is one person though that i thought could have done better and this is not really an attack on this person i'm just gonna say it's it's george lopez george lopez was the uncle Rudy Reyes and he it's not that he was terrible it's just that at times I'm always the person that says I wish that people wouldn't go so over the top especially in movies when they're trying to keep the scene really uh grounded so it felt like they let him off the leash a little bit I wish they would have tried to like rein him in a little bit more just because he was saying a lot of crazy things. He's the conspiracy theorist uncle. You get that. However, it it did feel like they just let him off the leash a little bit too much when he was being genuine, when he was simply like caring about his family, when he was showing his quote unquote, I guess, real self. That's when he was at his best. The like 
in the trailer you see the Batman is a fascist line and that just fell completely fat. There was one person who actually booed in the theater. So I he was fine. I just wish he was better. But he is a downside of this movie. Another downside of this movie is the third act is really a slog. <clears throat> Honestly, this movie felt like it was rushing to get to the final part. And then when it got to the third act, the big final set piece, it felt like, oh, snap, we've spent way too little time in every other stage of this movie. So now we have to slow things down so that way we can catch up. That's really what this movie felt like. This movie just felt like it was rushing to get to the end. And then when it got there, just ran out of steam. And they realized we have so much more movie to tell. So then they just pushed a whole lot of things that I felt could have been better put earlier in the movie at the end. Especially with when they had that one villain's redemption quote-unquote that felt super forced honestly it's not that i didn't understand where it was coming from because they foreshadowed it a little bit they should have added a little bit more elements in there so that way we understood this villain's motivations a little bit early on and then at the end we could have gotten the real final reveal where it would have made a little bit more of a thematic and also a pacing sense. Like you shouldn't stop your movie at the final act of the movie for like two minutes to explain this villain's backstory. When you could have been doing it in like 30 second intervals during the rest of the movie. These are these are small gripes. They are you know, enough to really make the movie feel slow at times. And when a movie feels slow, it can really just ruin the fun that you're having in this movie. The The final big gripe I have with this movie is that this movie has the same small issue that Black Panther had in that while you had Black Panther... In the first Black Panther movie, there were other people in the movie who were way more interesting than Black Panther. I feel like the family overshadowed the main character so much where he just kind of felt like the object that the story was being told to instead of the story being told through him. It wasn't a huge deal. It was noticeable to me. So you have that. I also felt like they tried to redeem a couple of characters way too late in the movie. You, you'll know who they are when you see them. But it's this movie wasn't bad. And I feel like that's where my problems are. This movie was not bad. It was just a little disappointing. So, at the end, I would say this movie is a high home-cooked meal. It's fun. It is a solid adventure movie origin story for a hero 
that most people would not have heard of. It's just it could have been better. The pacing was a little bit shoddy, especially at the third act, where if you are a movie, you need to finish strong. And it felt like this movie could have finished a lot stronger if it was cleaner at the third act. And instead, it got really muddy trying to finish off too many storylines. So, honestly, I like the movie. I'm glad I saw the movie. I just wish it was, in fact, a better movie. So, take with that what you will. I think you should go see this movie in theaters. I think if this is the direction that we're going to see DC take in the future, I actually think that's a good thing, not a bad thing, where we're getting movies that cohesively make more sense and are more fun than sad. I just I just wish this movie was better because it had all the parts. It had the lead actor. It had the family, which was great. It had Susan Sarandon. It had Raul Max Trio. And I'm, I might have butchered that last name, but the villains are good. Every individual piece of this movie is actually solid. It just felt like the implementation wasn't great. So if the implementation was better, this movie could have been amazing. It just feel like it wasn't implemented as well as it could have been so we're we're getting a halfway decent movie instead of an amazing movie and that's a little disappointing to me but i want to know what you guys think do you like the movie did you feel real strongly about the movie that i didn't feel maybe this movie connected with you on a level that you felt represented and seen which is very important I, I want to know what you guys' thoughts are. I want to know how you felt about this movie. So let me know in the comments or email or on Twitter. Let me know what you guys thought. It can be safe to say that this has been the resurgence of the R-rated comedy in cinema. Recently, we've had a couple of successful R-rated comedies. Joyride was an R-rated comedy and... I already did my review on that. I really liked it. No Hard Feelings and The Blackening were both R-rated comedies that did pretty well this year. So we are seeing a quiet resurgence of this genre being in theaters when it's disappeared for a large part. It's been overshadowed by other kinds of comedies in the recent past. So... The thing about R-rated comedies is that the reason why they've been missing is generally because comedies have been linked more to franchises or they've been the secondary objective of a movie, like an action comedy or romance comedy. And there haven't been many movies that have been just straight comedies, especially ones that are R-rated. And that's because R-rated comedies are much harder to thread the needle on. You can be raunchy in an R-rated comedy, but you don't want to be too raunchy so that way you'll get an NC-17 rating or you'll just gross out the audience and you won't be funny. So we're talking about that while we're talking about strays. 
an R-rated comedy that isn't about humans. It's about dogs. It is about four dogs, dogs that are voiced by other people, and them going through and trying to find one dog's owner in order to, as this trailer would say, take something precious away from him. If that is the proper way to say it. So let's jump into this review of Strays and see if they are able to achieve their objective or not. So in this movie, we start off with the voice of Reggie that is done by Wolf Farrell. And Reggie is a dog and Reggie's owner is Doug, who is Will Forte. And you'll see Reggie loves living with his owner and his owner really does not care about him. His owner actually hates him. So his owner has been playing a game where he's been trying to get Reggie to leave. And Reggie just has been finding his way home time and time again. Now, Doug, Reggie's owner, does not like the fact that he is still able to find his way back home. So he drives extra long and dumps him in the city trying to once and for all get rid of Reggie. And that is where Reggie runs into a couple of other dogs. So he runs into Bug, who is voiced by Jamie Foxx. He runs into Isla. He runs into Maggie, who's voiced by Isla Fisher. And he runs into Hunter, a former police dog who is voiced by Randall Park. Now, this movie really starts to take off when the four are together. So I will say this, the voice acting is good. These four are all funny people and they know how to voice a dog, which you wouldn't really think about, but it is important. Also, the CGI for the voice acting, I like it because it's subtle. They're not doing full-on CGI dogs here. These are still primarily dogs. The funny thing is, the way they do it is they just really change the voice, the mouth of the dog in order to talk as if they are human. At first, Reggie is just thinking in a human voice, and then he starts talking in a human voice. So that's when it actually, that's when it works, which it does work throughout this movie. So I can give a huge props for that. Another thing I will give props for is Will Forte as Doug. He is perfect in his role as a, just a loser. Doug is just a loser. He's, he is just the worst. And everything you see of Doug makes you not empathize with Doug. So that way when Doug finally gets his comeuppance, you're just thinking, yeah, this makes sense, Doug. You you definitely deserve that. I'm I'm okay with you getting what happened to you, even if it might be a little bit graphic. But I was actually I was fine with that. So I wish that I had uh, more good things to say 
about this movie after that, for me, this movie sits in a weird place because objectively, I can look at this movie and I can say that this movie tries to do everything that a raunchy comedy does. It's not afraid to curse. It's going to curse very often. It's not afraid to have gratuitous scenes. And there will be some violence in there that will be some appropriate, some not so appropriate. Everything is done in this movie for laughs. So things that are done over the top are all appropriate. There is one scene with a narrator dog that I found hilarious. There's another scene, which you'll see in the trailer, with an eagle. That scene actually goes on for a little bit longer. There's actually some funny bits in regards to this movie. The issue that I have with any kind of comedy that's billed as just a comedy, your jokes have to hit the majority of the time for you to be successful. I feel like that's a simple thing to say, but it makes sense in the aggregate. So if you're a comedy and let's say your jokes only work 20, 30, 40% of the time, in my opinion, you fail as a comedy. And that's how I feel with the movie of Strays. I wasn't laughing through most of this movie. I did not find it funny. There were a lot of jokes that were told. To me, they were falling absolutely flat. The first act was okay. It was still falling flat. The second act was okay, fell even flatter. The third act was better. I was actually chuckling at certain parts, but it still fell flat. But this is me personally. Objectively, the theater I was in was in stitches. So I have to balance what I'm thinking and what I felt with what the theater was feeling. Because everybody was cracking up in this theater. There were plenty of jokes that I was saying, this isn't funny, that I was in a crowded theater, people were in stitches over. There was a person three seats over that was crying at certain jokes and I was just looking and I was saying am I the problem is it my humor that just doesn't find this funny so honestly that's where the dichotomy is for me this movie tells a lot of jokes I think this movie like any other raunchy comedy is going to live or die based off the fact if those jokes land or not. Now, I will say they are well-crafted jokes. No jokes just come out of nowhere. And there are some good jokes in there. There was, there's a recurring joke with the dogs howling at the moon where Randall Park's dog doesn't howl very well. He doesn't like the sound of his howl. So he'll just say, how, 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 how. That actually is kind of funny. Wasn't very funny, but it was kind of funny. There are other dogs that talk in this movie. Some of them are a little bit funny. Some of them are not. But this is where it's hard for me. Me personally, if I had to look at this movie and I was just in 
my living room watching this movie on my TV, I would have turned this movie off 30 minutes in and I would have said, this is not a fun movie. I'm just going to move on to something else that's funnier and better. However, in the theater, I could feel the crowd and how much fun they were having. So I really have to think about it. Were the jokes well constructed? They were. Were the jokes told in a manner that could be funny? Yes, they were. Were there certain scenes that might have been funny if the rest of the movie didn't drag down for me? Yes, I can honestly say that. There is a scene with fireworks in this movie because as we know dogs don't react well to fireworks that when I look back on it probably was pretty funny I was just being dragged down so much by the rest of this movie that it would just hit these funny moments and I would laugh and I would say oh that's funny and then it would run right into a wall that I would say oh yeah I'm not I'm not laughing anymore so it became very hard for me to even start up the laughter because then I would be hit over the head with more laughter. When I did my review of Joyride, I talked about how I wish it would have gone a little bit more to one side instead of the other, instead of trying to stay in the middle. This movie is firmly on the super raunchy side. And I wish that movie would have done more like Joyride and tried to be a little bit more in the middle instead of being too over the top so honestly this movie went back and forth with back and forth with back and forth with the third act of this movie was fine it wasn't terrible it i thought it raised the movie up just enough for me to make give this movie a positive review so at the end i gave this movie a low home cooked meal very very low home cooked meal and i guess i would say this movie is like it's raunchy for the sake of being raunchy it just doesn't feel like it's raunchy for the sake of being funny like the jokes aren't consistent third act is better jokes are not consistent they're not great they're just there i think if you have a lower bar for your comedies you're gonna love this movie and you're going to really appreciate going there. If you don't laugh so easily, you are not going to laugh at this movie for the majority of it. There are funny scenes. It's just none of these jokes are ones where it's consistently at a high level. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit. And if you love low-hanging fruit, great. If you want your jokes to be a little bit better... I think you're going to struggle with this movie mightily. But I had to check myself here and say this movie is probably a lot better than I give it credit for. It's just it didn't sit well with me. So please tell me what you guys thought. If you guys love this movie a whole lot more than I did. I, I wish I could love this movie as much as the crowd that I was watching with did. Because they, they love this movie. And I walked out of this movie just thinking, it's it's fine. It's nothing special at all. If I had to say anything, if Joyride is still playing in your movie theater, which I don't think it is, go see Joyride or No Hard Feelings or even The Blackening. Go see one of those movies before you see this one. But if you need to see a comedy this weekend, it's 
it's not as terrible as others. So, hey, go sit in, get out of the sun, see if you like. But let me know what you guys think in the comments. I would love to hear your thoughts as to if you loved it and I'm just completely in the wrong, which I'll take that. Or if you guys felt this movie wasn't that great and you could take it or leave it. So let me know in the comments, email or anything like that. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me in several places. You can contact me on Twitter at Two Sides Coin. You can find us on Instagram at Two Sides of a Coin. That's T-W-O-S-I-D-E-Z of a Coin, all one word. You can email us at Two Sides Podcast at gmail.com. And you can listen to the podcast on Podbean, on Spotify, and also on Apple Podcasts. So we hope to really hear from you guys. I love to hear and discuss anything you guys want to talk about. And we'll talk to you later.